Hey everyone, this is Mo from OTB Clubhouse. Thank you so much for joining in and apologies with the error that I had earlier. So um, we'll get started. Uh, I have a feeling that most of you aren't going to be able to join the live because the link wasn't posted because I had to uh, repost the link. Um, so what we'll do is uh, I'll wait a couple of seconds and uh, what I actually wanted to cover today uh, was flow and kind of go over how I find plays for um, play of the week. Um, so basically, just give me a second. Let me share the screen and we'll get started. So a lot of people have asked, um, you know, how do you look for trades? And when I talk about trades, they're talking about um, play of the week. So for the last three months, I've been doing something called uh, play of the week and my success rate has been um, close to 95% out of the three months only one play didn't work out and I used one simple tactic and I'll show you what that is and I'm going to show you all the free tools uh, that you can use to identify that. Hey Ron, hey everyone else, uh, thank you so much for joining in and apologies uh, I had an error earlier so I had to close out and recreate the link. Um, so what we'll talk about is the website that I'm going to use is FinRiz. We'll be talking about using the scanner. I know a lot of people have asked about it and we just never got an opportunity to uh, get to it. And today we will. And we'll spend 10, 15 minutes on this and we'll go over any other questions that people have um, or if they want to know about a flow or just stock or the market in general. So the website I'm using is called finviz.com. I like everything they do. Uh, they have a lot of cool things that you can use, but for today's um, purpose, we'll be using the screener. Um, if you guys uh, like to look up charts or see analyst upgrades and downgrades, you can search up the ticker and play along. Um, so that's also very cool here. Uh, everything shows up on one screen. So let's start with our screener. There's only two settings that I'll change, and that's all. That's the beauty of it. That's the simplicity of using this tool. Um, so the first thing I do is um, let me go on technical. So I only change two things. That's it. And I'd say one thing. The other thing is just to filter the stock in terms of settings. I only do one thing, and that is I just look for anything that's crossing 50 moving average okay not above not below there should be one here that says crossing so price crossed sma 50 and that's literally all i go and then on fundamental so i did that on technical on fundamental all i do is is a descriptive give me a sec so nothing on fundamental so on descriptive i sorted by what index nasdaq or spx if Nasdaq's stronger for like the month, I'll try picking up something at Nasdaq. If something's stronger on SPX, I'll pick SPX. So for the last two days, SPX has been strong. And the reason for that is banks. Banks have been carrying SPX, whereas Nasdaq's been weak because Tesla, Amazon, Google, they've been consolidating. Apple and Microsoft are the only one that's doing well. So QQQ has been lagging for the last two days. So let's look at SPX for a second here. And I try to look for names that have a ton of flow as well, um, just to make sure the chain is liquid. So, and I look for names that I know, because that also makes my life easier because like, for instance, I'm looking at Bank of America. I know how the stock moves. I know the premiums are cheap. I know the options liquid. So you know what, I'll write this down. Okay, I got BEC. I'm just telling you one part of it. We're gonna break it down further. 
So we're looking at BAC. You guys know that all the banks cleared the stress test and the last two day banks have been moving up. So I love BAC. So uh, no, I don't have a registered account. This is just a free uh, website I use. You could just go finviz.com and that's it. It's free. You don't have to pay for anything. You could use it without registering. That's what the what I like about it. I learned about this long time ago and I made this part of my course because there's so much free stuff on it. Like if you, just going a little bit sidetrack here, if you go put in a ticker here, which I'll show you after, it gives you everything in one screen so you don't have to go to different platforms to look for news upgrades, downgrades, chart, everything on one screen. So I really love that. So I like BAC here. So, okay, I got it marked. Then I will check NASDAQ. In NASDAQ, we've got MU, but I doubt MU will still be part of it because MU, this is from yesterday, so it updates. So today is yesterday's data. Just know that. MU did okay in earnings and they tanked. So I don't think it's above 50 MA right now. So I'm not touching MA, MU. I will look at PayPal. So we've got two tickers that I have for creating my watch list. And I do something like this on Sunday, right? Last two weeks ago, I had four or five names that I had. None of them got triggered. So this is just for you to add it to your watch list, right? You're not saying, okay, oh, this crossed 50 MA. Let me go start buying calls. No, not doing that. You're just going to add that to your watch list. This shows the tickers that are showing strength. 50 moving average is a very good indicator that we use as retail traders and funds and institutions use this and momentum and trend in, uh, traders use that, uh, that play trend, right? So that's why I like this. Very simple, very clean. Try to make things as clean as possible. So now that we've added MU and BAC, we're going to look at their chart. Sorry, I'm trying to refresh it. Hold on, let me do something here. Maybe this will help. Let's take MAC out. Okay, there you go. So reset the chart. Now, every time I'm talking about a certain level, 50 ME or 100, I'm always going to look at daily. I'm not looking at weekly. I'm not looking at hourly. I'm looking at daily always. So now we're going to go daily on this, okay? And you can use trend lines. You can do whatever for the purpose of me doing play of the week in my Discord every week. Um, I will do 50 moving average on a daily chart. Very simple. Now, the next website I'm using, I'm doing this for someone who's never ever traded and they're like into investing. So I'm going to really go basic so they understand. So the first website we used is called finvis.com. The second website we're using is called tradingview.com. I have the paid version of this. You can use a free version. You don't always have to use it. You can use anything you want that as long as can give you the candlestick chart. So SMA 50 is what we're using here. Cool. Everyone good so far. So what we're going to do here is first, we're going to use, I usually use this 50 moving average as my stop. Now we call this a moving average. Why? Because it's always moving. It's constant. It's not fixed. So these levels will change, right? They're not going to go up by three, $4, but they're going to go up by pennies based on how the chart moves, right? Because they're moving average. So I'll always be adjusting. So I use this as my like strict stop. Now, in some cases, the ME is way too far, like a stock crosses their 50 moving average and gets a 15% gap up, let's say, right? In that case, you can't use that as a stop because if the stock next day goes retest 15%, you're going to be down 50 to 60%. So we're just going to have this as a level in most cases, I use this as a stop. 
Um, I don't know if it comes with, I've had trading view for the last three years and I have the full page version for, for the purpose, purpose of what I do, um, with Finviz. I don't really need the paid version. I use it just for the scanner. And sometimes I'll go there to look at the chart and news and everything. Um, mostly most of my stuff is stuff is from Twitter. So I use hourly, um, for entry, but I use daily for charting. So if you just look at the chart itself. Like if I was to draw a trend line too, I love like the how the chart looks. It's basically uh, got higher lows, right? The chart has been accumulating on these levels and it's been breaking out. Now, I'm not going to get too much into supply and demand. I'm le leaving about an hour for you guys for supply and demand teaching that. Maybe in the next one week or two, we'll cover that. So for our simple city, this is what I have for daily. Now, what I'm going to look for is hourly. Okay. And with hourly, I'm looking for entry. So what I noticed here is we gapped up here. So we're going to ignore the moving average for a second here. We gapped up here. So we closed on 2808 and we um, opened the next day at 2852. The first candle went all the way to 29. So I'm going to show you my supply zone it's this right here so we failed right here and we've been consolidating ever since now there's three tickers in banks that i usually look for i look for jpm i look for bac and i look for uh, goldman sachs goldman sachs usually moves the best also the priciest premium jpm is in the mid bac is the cheapest for the purpose of this exercise i understand a lot of people like to use small accounts this would be perfect. Like if you were to test this theory, let's say paper traded, BAC is perfect. Like you get multiple contracts. It's super cheap. And um, you know what? Um, the, some of the contracts that are two months out, sometimes they're like 50 to $80. So it's one of those chill trades. You don't have to really stress about it. Um, like you're not watching it all the time. Those are the kind of trades that I like. So this is the supply. So you have two options, okay? You can either take the trade at 28 35, which is the 50 day moving average, or you can take a trade when this breakouts. If this breaks out, this breaks supply. The next level for me are 2924 and then 2968. And likely, if we get that, we get 30. Now, this stock is a slow mover. We know that. And don't think if a dollar, if it, let's say you get a monthly. Uh, contract. So today is June 29th. Let's say you go July 21. If we get July 21 on this, you're making at least um, at least 100% on it, if nothing less within that period. So it's a slow mover, but when it does move, the premiums move up really nice. It's liquid. The next thing we do, which I'm not covering here because we won't have time for it, is I would check flow for it. I can tell you the flow is not for BAC, it's for GS. They've been hitting Goldman Sachs. Let me tell you what they've been hitting because I was just going over with the team. They've been hitting 325 calls for 818 um, today, and they've been hitting JPM calls for next month. So if they both move, this will move as well. This is a lagger. JPM and GS are way stronger than this, but this will move with it because that's just Bank of America. And if a sector is moving, this is a lagger. I like this because premium is cheap and because it's lagging, I know it's going to catch up. So for that reason, Bank of America is going to be on my list. Let's go back on my list. So again, two ways to make this trade. I can either wait for the trade here or I can wait for the breakout trade. 
personally, if I was a trader that want very low risk, I want to take the trade on this. This is called uh, a, a trade on demand. This supply trade, the red breakout, they're called breakout trades. I don't like breakout trades because you guys know this is obvious. But when you take a trade here, you're going to pay for more. IV is going to go up because everyone's watching for the breakout. Even though people that don't know this is supply, you could draw a basic resistance here and say, okay, I'll break out. And what happens with breakout trades, sometimes we break and then we consolidate. I don't like that. So personally, I'd like to take the trade here. Um, but sometimes, you know, tomorrow opens and this thing opens at, let's say, 29 and I start seeing flow coming for 30s. I'm going to take it. So it depends on a lot of factors. Now, I'm going to teach you guys something that I've been doing a lot of one-on-ones with my mentees. And a lot of people think, you know, when you sign up for trading or when you sign up for like just becoming a consistent trader, most of expertise is required in charting. I'd say charting is maybe 10% of it. The rest is mindset and risk management. So I'll show you a couple of things. We'll use this as a metric. So we are going to make an assumption here. I'm going to color this something else. Are you guys able to see the chart clearly or should I make it larger? Let me make it larger. Hold on. Okay. Is this more? Is this better? Let me know, guys, and then we'll go from however is best uh, for you guys. But I want to make sure you guys are able to see this clearly. So I'm going to zoom in as well. Okay. So we're going to assume that tomorrow we get the entry at 28 52 okay let me add something else so i can make it a little bit more visual for you guys so what i'm doing is i'm adding a visual tool that will tell you what your risk management looks like now we trade options so i understand the premiums move different but you still need an idea right you still need an idea to know what you're risking and what you're gaining so someone said change the color let me change it let me make the green like a little bit transparent so you can see the candlesticks okay okay so what i'm trying to show you here is this is our 50 moving average this is this green line is our entry I think if we get there, we don't get to the 50 moving average because the gap fill is always a strong support. A lot of times people get trapped. They see the stock is going down and touching the gap down and they'll be like, okay, let me go get puts. But usually these gap places are very strong support. So if this was my entry, this is my stop. And I overdid it. So this is my stop and this is my profit taking. Okay. So I'm going to tell you in terms of points, I can barely read this. Hold on. Um, okay, let me read this carefully. Okay, so what it tells me is that if I get stopped out, I'm going to lose my stop is 0.17. If you can see here, it says 0.17. Let me see if I can zoom in. And this one here, I've got to change the color because I can barely. Okay. So this one here is showing that if this works, I'm going to get 75 cents in terms of profit. So my stop is 17 and my profit is 75. You can see um, you can see clearly what the risk reward here is. It's not a one to one risk reward. This is close to a one to a four risk reward. 
in terms of stock price. So the next goal for us is to pick the right option chain. If I was to pick the right option chain for this, I would go about a month out. Does that make sense so far? Let me know you guys in the comment section because um, when I'm teaching, I like to ask questions. If something is not clear, we can go back to it, but I wanna make sure that you guys understand this entirely. So these are the kind of trades that you wanna take. This is what I called a A plus setup. The only thing we're missing here is flow. The flow in this case is happening for other tickers. So we're using this as a lagger. Like ideally, I would want to take this trade yesterday or day before yesterday or even this morning. The fact that I missed it two days, now I got to just look for things that are lagging. So a lot of times, like I'll give you an example. I missed out on NVIDIA. So what do I do? I try looking for AMDs of the world. I missed AMD. I'll check MU. You find what's lagging. Once Apple start running, I missed it. What I started looking for, what could go next? So I started looking at Amazon. I started looking at Google. Like if I tell you the amount of flow I see for Amazon, a lot of people are like, well, the market is so high. Here's where you have to be an expert at. There's times where everything moves with the sector. And so the indexes move. And there's times where the indexes get pinned, meaning they're not moving a lot, but the underlying stocks are going Apple's gone from 126 to, I think it's at 190 now, like a $3 trillion company officially, whereas Amazon hasn't done much. Google hasn't done much. They have a lot of room, and that's what people are betting on. They're betting on laggers because even though they might not be in comparison to what Apple is, they're still good. So yes, there's a rotation, but it's rotation. it's a different kind of rotation. It's not like the money is moving from Apple to Amazon. No, the money is moving from sidelines to tech, to tech where people missed out. So if people missed out on NVIDIA, they're like, okay, let me get into something else that's cheaper. Let me get into Amazon. If people missed on Amazon, let me get into shop. That's how people do things. Okay. So there's another thing I want to show you on Fenwis. We're going to go back here. We're going to go in groups. And this is what I use for catching sector rotation. Now, what we're looking here, and I'll just speak it out, like if you guys look at this, like I said, they're not selling tech. Tech is green, but they're buying financials. They're buying basic material. They're buying energy. This was a week ago. This is So this is saying a week, but you have to constantly watch it to know. So this was not saying that two days ago. This changed after the stress test and uh, financials and energy went green. So now what you could do is this is how you create your watch list. You can click on financials now and quickly have a look at what's going on. And then from here, you can pick, okay, I want to only deal with anything that's part of SPY. I only want to deal with something with this much market cap. So you can do that, okay? Um, back at back here. So you can do that. You can go from sector to industry. Like, you don't, you could do multiple different things on what's going. Play around with it, and you'll see what I mean. So I wanted to show you one more thing. So... Let's go BAC since we're talking about it. So you get the chart here. They kind of did it exactly how I'm looking at it. And they've thrown in moving averages, 50, 220 on it. Um, you get everything you need to know. You'll get short interest too. Again, a lot of time the short interest isn't accurate. So um, if there's something changed massively, I wouldn't go on it. Like if you're looking for, let's say, short interest for SoFi or beyond, I wouldn't rely on that because those things fluctuate a lot in terms of short interest. So for that, you need to get a paid service, just making you guys aware of that. 
It also has um, upgrades and downgrades you can look at. And then the best part I personally look at is the news part. So, okay, cool. For someone who doesn't know anything about what we just talked about, they're like, yo, why are banks going up for two days? Okay, cool. Let's look at it. Bank stocks rise after Fed uh, stress test. Cool. Okay, that's amazing. What else is there? Banks pass Fed test options. Okay, cool. So you can read what's going on so you get the macro understanding on what's happening because a lot of people need the conference. Like in your mind, like, why am I buying bank? What if it's a, a two-day rotation? In my opinion, this is what I use as a standard. For anything to be a rotation, it needs to be there for at least three days. Tomorrow is going to be day three. Um, so that's what I look for. Let's quickly do the same thing to PayPal. So let's delete. We caught PayPal at 62, by the way. I'm still at, still got some leftover calls. They're $3 in the money. Um, okay, so daily, let's do 50 moving average. Um, so really, it's PayPal's part of it, but it didn't. It crossed and then it closed. So here's what you do. I'm not saying don't include that part. Include this as part of your watch list. But you do here is you go on alerts. And what you do here is you go on 66 six, six as an alert. And this is what I tell a lot of people. And this is for people that work a job, have a full-time business. This is how you manage your trades. You put the alert and now you're not constantly watching it. If this goes low, you're not going for it just because it's cheap. And this is where how you avoid what happened around 2021 where people were, catch, were catching uh, falling knives. You want to buy in strength. And this is what I was telling everyone in 2022. If NVIDIA goes, went from 400 to 300 to 200 to almost 100, you're buying a dip every single time. At some point, you're going to run out of money. At some point, you're going to lose the piece because you're like, every time I put money, my money goes down. So what you want to do is you want to buy in strength. You wait, wait for it to reclaim the 50-day moving average or 200, whatever you're looking. And that's when you add. Your job is not to buy it on the cheapest premium. Your job is to buy it on confirmation because you can scale that. You can repeat that. So now this is my alert on daily. I don't look at PayPal until this breaks. So that's daily for my entry. Now let's look at one hour chart to see what's going on here. So the first thing I'm seeing here, which I'm pretty sure you guys are too, this level here has been holding up, right? What level is this? 65, 75. You can go ahead and take the trade here if you wanted to. I would have a stop right here because this is my demand zone. If all this is too fast, don't worry about it you use um, 65 as a stop, not 65.35, but 65 because 65 is a psychological level. So you have an option of taking the trade here. I personally wouldn't take the trade until it's above 50 moving average. Once it is above 50 moving average, this is going to be an issue for us. This is where we rejected before. So that would be my first level of profit taking. That would be my second profit taking. Now, flow, there's a lot of flow on PayPal. They've been hammering PayPal. I believe there's October calls on it. We can go over flow some other day, but there's flow on it. The calls are liquid and the chart looks good. Now, let's pretend I'm going to delete these levels. Okay, we're going to delete these levels and make things very simple for us. Let's say we only take the entry here. We don't look at anything else. If it's under, we don't look. And this is our profit taking. 
I'd pick July 21's calls to be safe because I'm pretending that no one here knows options advanced. They understand investment in stocks, but they want to get into options. That's how I'm explaining it. So I'm simplifying everything. The next class we should do after this is likely flow and then supply and demand. I've got it lined up. We'll figure out how we want to arrange it. I want to make sure we do it in a way that you guys follow along and there's no disconnect, okay? All right, so let's say this is your entry, uh, 6666, okay? My stop here would be very simple. So this is daily. Let's go quickly look at daily. If this is our entry, roughly 6623 is would be my um, support. Let me color these different colors. That's what I'd like to do. So it's not like you guys are wondering what's what. When I do supply and demand, I color code it. Uh, like if it's a daily supply, weekly or hourly, right? So let's go back to one hour. So this is our level. And I would cover this. 6536 this is hourly that doesn't work out it's too far apart so i will have to find something closer so i would use 6575 as my stop but my entry is still above 50 so in terms of risk management this is what it comes down to let me show you so Let's do, move this up. Okay, let me look at what it says. Um, my downside is 0.46 and my up, upside is 1.86. This is a one to three risk reward on it. That's the trade I take. If anything is under one to three, I usually don't unless I'm scalping or I'm playing weeklies for a quick 40, 50%. If I'm taking a swing trade, I have to do it in this way because let's say I take four trades or three trades and even if one works out, it should pay off for the mistakes I've made for the other two. So this is basically how I look for trades and I don't really do the visual that I'm showing you, but I think everyone should initially. I used to do all this when I first started, but once you get to like your four or 5,000 hours of charting, I think I'm way over that now. It's just things like, they get it's a habit after that you like just see like a plain chart and you can see where the levels are here is my question to everyone and this is what i've been talking in a lot of my one-on-ones and the question is this when you enter a trade what is the first thing you guys think about man be honest with me when you enter a trade what's the first thing you think about like, what is that one thing that revolves around while you're in the trade, entering it or about to get out? What's the first thing? And just be blatantly honest with me because I can tell you what people are thinking and that's how they're losing money. What I showed you is risk management. What I'm talking about now is your mindset. So can someone tell me what's the first thing you think about when you enter a trade? I'm going to pause here. So Andre, I hope you're, I'm pronouncing your name right you're bang on. I'm going to highlight his comment or her comment. Sorry, I don't know. I can't tell by the name, but how it can go wrong. So what I mean by that is when you enter a trade, you never look at how much money you're going to make. If you're right, you think about how much money you will lose if you're wrong. That is the first thing you should look at it. Because the moment you look at things that way, you get a lot more discipline. 
That is called a predefined loss. This concept is taken straight out of a book. I didn't make this up. It's a book called Trading in the Zone. That book changed my life. I think the free version is on YouTube. Everything I tell you guys here, it's free. I'm not going to ever come here, sell you anything today, tomorrow, or ever. The job is education. All the tools I'm mentioning are free, right? Everything is free. So read that book or listen to it on YouTube. It's completely free or you could buy it for like, I think it's $10, $15. It's up to you. The book talks about opportunity cost. When you get into a trade, it's not about how much you make. It's how much you lose because you know if you're making money, what to do. You can scale out. You can take profit. That's the easy part. It's when the trade doesn't go your way. And because the trade is not going your way, you are sometimes oblivious or let's say ignorant of the fact that you don't expect the losses. And when the losses happen, you react negative. And the negative usually leads to you doing things differently, doing things aggressively or doing things emotionally. I took a trade today. I want to talk about losses. I took a trade today on QQQ. I was on vacation, so... I told everyone I'm sizing very small. Yesterday, I took a trade on SPX. I went from three to eight. Wonderful. Sizing was small. Good stuff. Today, QQQ sizing small. I told them that my stop on this is 50%. Okay. For making things easier, let's say I got 10 contracts on it. And based on that, let's say my stop was $450. The moment I entered that trade, I accepted that I was going to for lose $450 if this doesn't work out. Okay, you might be like, yo, why do you have a 50% loss? It was because it was QQQ and the way market was moving today. I didn't want to get shaken out. It was tomorrow's call. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go small, but I'm going to keep a very wide net in case we decide to rip at some point. So I got stopped out. I did not have any emotional trauma because of this loss. It's because I accepted. Initially, when you guys do this, you guys will feel like, you know, uh, you, you will get in a bad mood. You will feel like this is not fair or you're a bad trader. But overall, when you look at it very logically and you have to journal this, you're going to realize that it's going to make you a better trader. If you don't account for your losses, it's sort of like you opening a new business and not not thinking about the inventory, the hours you're putting in, the space you're leasing. No one does that. You guys make a financial plan. You say, okay, this is how much it's going to cost me to run the place. This is my variable cost. This is my fixed cost. Now, in your case, your fixed cost is what? Mostly your time. If you're putting in time, if you have a room, you're not going to rent it. So trading, you don't really have fixed uh, cost there. What's your variable cost? Variable cost is the moment you enter a trade, there's an opportunity cost, your predefined law. I want everyone to start thinking like that, not because that's the right way. That is the only way because losses will happen. And if you don't account for them, when they do happen, you are going to do things different and you'll never be able to do something consistently because you're going to have losses and accept it. Okay, I'm maybe doing something wrong. Let me try this new indicator. Let me try this new mentorship program. So we want to avoid that. And for that reason, you want to make sure that you're psychologically, emotionally getting yourself ready for the loss. Does that make sense? If there's any questions, um, I'll answer it. We kind of went over, um, but I just want to make sure that people get the value that I came to deliver today. So make sure you guys um, ask me any questions you have. I'll open up for questions for the next five minutes and then we'll end this podcast.
Okay, let me know, guys. I'm waiting for any questions you have and anything you'd like to do um, next. Um, I think we're going to basically look at your supply and demand session maybe next week. So, Samuel, your question is how much I'm going to make. Look, if you're talking in terms of this, if you were to go on a one-month call, right, let's say you went for a PayPal 68 call uh, for a month out, um, on this move, you're looking about uh, 100 to 150%, depending on how fast you move. On the down, you're looking about roughly 20% loss, which is what I said would be the 1 to 3, 1 to 4 ratio. Now, as this starts breaking up, this thing can go crazy. It can go to 75 because that's how much I've seen. I've seen a lot of 75 July hit on this one. Uh, the buck is trading in the zone. I highly, highly recommend. I don't collect any sort of royalty or any kind of commission or affiliate for anything I've talked about. There's only one goal, um, and that's to educate and just make sure that you guys do that to the people that you meet. Could be your parents, could be your kids, could be your partners. Just educate. I see so much that's going on right now in the financial space, and God bless Mark Monroe that he's given this platform uh, and given people an opportunity to learn because I can tell you right now, options trading, futures, uh, prop funds are being bundled as passive income or guaranteed income. Whereas I'm telling you three years, been doing this options full time, like 12 to 14 hours. It's not hard. It's not easy, but it is repetitive. There's no like excitement. There's no fear. It's boring. You, you go through the same setups again and again. Nothing about this is passive. Yes, I agree. Like if you understand the system, you can come in for the two hours and scalp, but you need 100, 200 hours of practice to get there. And which makes this not passive. It's very active. So Feel free to comment, share this content with your friends and family members, and we'll go from there. Um, my goal is to deliver a supply and demand class next Thursday, and um, we'll go from there. And one day we'll do flow too. We've done flow in the past, but I want to combine this all together, um, right? I want to combine charts, flow, mindset, and risk management together. So we'll go over, maybe one day we'll go over one of my plays that didn't do well. And then we'll go with uh, one of the plays that did well. So currently I'm in an AMD trade. Maybe I don't know if I'm going to make money or lose money. However, that goes, I'll share that in this sense. So you guys can see how I got in, why I got in and break it down. With that, I'm done. Um, feel free to follow me on OTB Clubhouse on Instagram and OTB Shark Mo on Twitter. Thanks, guys, and have a great long weekend.